Hello everyone, welcome to our podcast, The Little Women. We are three best friends who wanted to create a platform to communicate with an audience similar to our age, teenagers. We discuss relevant topics from significant movements to simple teenage issues that feel like the end of the world. Be on the lookout for our special guest episodes to hear about all the different kinds of people who have taken their time to not only educate us, but also you guys, giving an endearing insight into their lives. Today, we were joined by the lovely Natalie Walker-Brimble. Natalie is a life coach, podcaster, book lover, and mum. She specialises in empowering young women and equipping them with a toolbox that helps them improve their stresses, resilience, confidence, and happiness. She helps young people understand how to rid themselves of limiting thoughts, beliefs, and negative self-talk that holds them back. This was a really insightful conversation, and one that we hope you'll be able to take a lot from. Natalie talks to us all about how she became a life coach, what her job entails, while sharing some of her expert advice that we found so useful. Not only this, but Natalie also has her own podcast called So That Got Me Thinking, which looks at the trials and triumphs of being a woman. We actually recorded an episode with Natalie, which is available to listen to now, and we will link this in the show notes for this episode. We got quite deep and spoke about things that we haven't discussed on Little Women before, so we highly recommend that you go and check out Natalie's podcast and listen to the episode we did with her. We hope you enjoy the episode and remember that you can find all the information you need about the guests we have on our podcast in the show notes. Let's get on into it. So firstly, could you tell our audience a little bit about yourself and what it is that you do? Yeah, I'm Natalie Walker-Brimble. So I am an author, um, a life coach, and I also have a podcast myself called So That Got Me Thinking. But what I love doing really is finding out what people tick and what makes them them really is what I love to do so that's everything I do is encompassed in that in some way yeah so what is one thing that you are loving right now oh this sounds really weird but (laughs) bear with me face yoga I didn't know anything this did I told you it was weird so there's like over 50 muscles in your face apparently and they just go nothing happens to them so you've got to work them out like the rest of your body so but you do some weird looking exercises to like move your muscles and things and yeah so I've been learning about face yoga this lockdown so it's been very interesting yeah I didn't even know that was a thing I mean I want to give it a go personally (laughs) who is your biggest inspiration would you say Ooh, I love Oprah Winfrey I do love Oprah and I love what she's about and I love Super Soul Sunday and all those things. So in terms of a a personality or a, you know, somebody that in the limelight, I would say those. But my, um, it was my grandmother when she was alive as well. I was very close to her and what she, because what she stood for really. And she was just an unapologetic queen. And I loved that. And I just think (laughs) I needed need more of that in my life, you know? (laughs) Did you see the uh, Oprah interview with Meghan Markle or not yet? Do you know what? I didn't want to watch it. I just <laughs> thought it seemed like, a, you know, when you're almost watching a car crash, that's what it <laughs> seemed like. And I just did not want to go there. I just thought, oh, I really also like Meghan Markle. And I just didn't want, I didn't want to be dragged into the whole circus of the interview. So I thought, I'm not going to do it. I was so mm. intrigued, though. And I've seen clips of it. But... I just couldn't I didn't want to do it so I haven't is my answer (laughs) I I say the thing when I was watching it I've only watched half of it but 
um, I couldn't believe that Prince Harry had agreed to do it because I understood Meghan Markle, but it almost felt a bit wrong, like <laughs> that Prince Harry was doing like an Oprah interview. Well, and the James Corden one he did on the top of the bus. I, was I, like, haven't, yeah. I haven't watched that one. I've seen clips but... of that, and she come, um, Meghan Markle comes on and calls him like, "Hi, um, has," and I'm thinking, uh, "Why? I don't know if I should watch this. I shouldn't be allowed to see this." <laughs> Exactly. I don't know. It just felt like, oh, I, I don't know. Um, but I really well, liked them. I really liked the younger royals yeah. as well. And I love what they're mm. about and like the mental health um, policies they're trying to bring in. So I really loved what they do. Um, I, I just felt like I, I didn't need to watch it. <laughs> yeah, I feel, like, I feel like we're all used to kind of being just like, oh, they're the royals. We'll leave yeah. them to it. Like they come to places, say hi and then go back. But watching like an in-depth <laughs> interview, it was... It, like I love like Harry and Meghan as well, but it did feel a bit like I was getting. I thought I was gonna get like like murdered by the Queen or something. <laughs> it was, like, I, I got some cringe to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I I stopped myself. Yeah. <laughs> All right, yeah. so I think we'll go straight into the proper questions now. Go for it. Um, so could you tell us a bit about what being a life coach actually is and like what it entails? So life coaching looks at your strengths. So we look at your life, your opportunities, and we try and see things through a different lens or perspective because sometimes we can feel a bit stuck where we are, what we want, and everything seems sometimes a little bit impossible and, oh, we can't do that because of this. And life coaching is helping us get unstuck, essentially. And, mm-hmm. and as a life coach, I'm not there to pretend I know what's best for you or that I know you better than you know yourself. I'm there to ask you questions that maybe you don't ask yourself or that you haven't considered. And I want to push you into a different direction sometimes and really get to the core of what you are and who you are and what you want. What are your values? Because are they aligning to what you want from your future? I'm really pushing you to be the best version of you. And I know that sounds really cheesy, but that's essentially what life coaching is, helping you look forward and get a little bit unstuck. Mm. is this a career that you always thought that you'd like go into when you were younger or did you have other things in mind yeah so when I was younger I wanted to be um, a journalist so I had no I think there's themes to this so I always wanted to go into journalism and really unpack real like why did you do that and like you know really the human behavior and sometimes Mm. coaching is a lot like that like looking at human behavior why do we do the things we do um and all those types of things and then for my I did my A-levels and then my degree was in um counseling and and some psychology and some community studies so there was loads of different elements to it but all of it has always been people really um so but it's bizarre because although I love people and that's what I do for work I'm quite the introvert so I can go and do the peoply stuff that's great but I have to come back to just doing my own stuff I need my own space and time too I've got to have mm-hmm. a balance and I that's been my lesson I suppose um through working out what works for me is that I can do I can speak publicly I can do all those things no problem I can coach but I also need to make sure I've got what I need which is just total peace <laughs> Mm. I do think it's quite interesting like how you said about how you're a good people person you can speak in front of crowds and everything but you do like coming like back to yourself yeah but so it just reminded me of my dad actually because he's quite an extrovert but he can't do public speaking like one on one on one with a person he's fine like he'll tell jokes and everything but then he cannot do public speaking to like save his life he hates it (laughs) perhaps that's what it is our energy is depending on you know what type of person we are what that looks like 
Mm-hmm. Oh, that could be a study or some research in there somewhere, I think. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you start a career as a life coach? Like what are the few the first few steps that you take? This is a really interesting one because there's a few different ways you can go about it. Um I think for me, you need to be a curious person. You need to like people or want to understand people. Um and I did a diploma. So I had my initial degree, like I said, was in counselling. And I love therapy, but it's very much looking about what's happened before. So what's happened in your childhood, what's happened, things that have really underpinned you. And you need a foundation to know who you are um, as a coach and as a person. But I think very much coaching is about moving forward. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And I, bizarrely, there was, I was in a meeting for my, you know, day quote unquote day job and met a life coach and she's like well I can do you want to go for coffee now and we can have a chat and I thought what have I got to lose and I chatted with her and I was and I just thought this all makes sense I this is what I need to do and so I did what I did is I did a diploma um and did kind of work in the evenings and did what's called a fast track diploma instead of being three years it was six months so there's lots of different routes of getting into coaching but really I think it's about being curious um, looking at enjoying self-development, whether that's for yourself, but other, for other people as well. How can we be the best version of, of ourselves? But also reading. I love, love, love to read. And if that comes, I particularly love kind of self-development books, but also human behaviour books and all that things about just really what makes us human and makes us vulnerable and makes us express ourselves in different ways. Really just, yeah the human aspect of of all of that I'm not sure if that's answered your question but that's that's my take on it anyway (laughs) (laughs) um so even though you personally got a diploma do you think it's necessary to have some sort of training or education in order to become a life coach so I'm what's called an accredited coach so I'm part of like a professional body to because I think it was really important for me to be seen as a professional within the industry because um, in the UK at the moment, there's lots of people who could say they may be coaches who haven't um, done a, a long training or haven't necessarily got those aspects. And sometimes you don't need that piece of paper. You might have loads of experience in different aspects of your career or in your life and you don't necessarily need that. But for me, it was really important that I was part of a professional body and I was accredited um, because it isn't so well known in the UK. yet. If you go to America, everyone's got a life coach. It's just, you know, you have <laughs> part of your day perhaps that's my next bit I need to go to America but um in the UK it's not so it's not so well known so um yeah for me it was really important that what I was doing was seen as the top level that I could be and I think maybe that's Mm. probably about me more than it is about the industry um but for me Mm. it was very important but you don't necessarily need that you can, you know, use your own skills, your own experience and the things that you you could learn through books, essentially, if you really wanted to. And there's absolutely no judgment or anything wrong with that. That was just my particular path. Yeah. Well, in terms of your day to day life, do you find it hard not to be a life coach when you're not working? So with general relationships away from work? Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not so much I find difficult is not the coaching I find just to stop like observing people so I'm a people watcher yeah. and you know if you go to like a public place so you go to a park 
I'll just yeah. be and I don't mean to stay but I'm like oh I wonder why they're why they're doing that oh I wonder what what's going on there and I just like I could spin stories of people that are like in my area and I don't know anything <laughs> about them necessarily but in my head I've totally worked them out so I wish I could stop that maybe the people watching yeah. and sometimes the staring is not good I've been caught out like staring just because I'm watching I'm like oh sh- I can't I messed up that but I think maybe people because I am a coach people always come to me with their things rather than so it would be nice to maybe not (laughs) but I think some people are kind of those people that you go to for advice aren't they you've always got that one friend you think I'll go to those because they'll give me you know they'll give me some feedback that is not always overly critical but it's fair um so maybe I wish I could switch that off for the day and be like not today I'm just doing I'm just doing my stuff for today um well speaking of advice who do you go to when you want advice or do you often find that you depend on yourself and your own knowledge because you have so much experience with other people and how to guide them not at all so I usually find that when I'm working with clients so I work with a range of people I work with um teenagers so I work in schools and I work with groups in schools but also I work Mm. with um, women but why I decided to go into schools particularly was that what I was seeing with women and what I was seeing in schools were not very different in terms of the issues they were just more deep-rooted with women because we've had them for longer and I thought if I can go in and get and speak to young people and young women at an earlier age why can't we give them tools then rather than wait for things to build up over years to come so that was really important to me. And I think I really wanted to be that person I wanted when I was younger, very much. I, I mm-hmm. felt like I needed somebody when I was specifically around 14, I think. I was just like, I don't I don't know. And I really wanted to fit in so badly that it stopped my self-esteem. And really, I just didn't know who I was. I didn't have a clue. And I really, I really wanted to work that out. And it took me until I was about probably about 29 to do that if I'm being really honest um Mm. and the issues like I said I'm finding with women I was finding with teenagers so that was really important to me but in terms of advice I always used to go to my grandmother um and she used to say to me I can be um I like to call myself like a reformed people pleaser so before I kind of knew too much about this I would always yeah that's fine as long as everyone else is fine I'm fine And she said to me that you need to put a shell on. In other words, you need some boundaries because otherwise the softness inside you will get stamped on. You need to be able to put on a shell sometimes to say no and no is okay. That's enough to say no. So that I think that was my biggest piece of advice is knowing when to put that shell on and to put those boundaries in place, particularly with certain people, I think, um, more times than others. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like everyone can relate to that a bit because I feel like just when you said that I was thinking about a point in my life and when I think I was like in year seven year eight I used to kind of get walked over Mm. um but then I did put that up and then I got like friends that are like I'm really close to not saying any names or anything (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah I feel like a lot of people can relate to having to like Shut, not shut off completely mm. but shut off that piece too, I you. think that's a tough bit as well is knowing how much so you want to put a boundaries but mm. we also want to be vulnerable and available to people and show who we are our true selves but I think it's having something I call marble jar friends so having those people and I'll explain what that means now that so if you had if I gave you a few marbles in your hand now 
and you've thought of those as different traits. So traits that you are as a person, but also traits that you want from friends. So I think if you could put all those marbles into a jar, they are your marble jar friends. They're the people who've got all the traits that you want as a really close friend. So you know you can be vulnerable with them in a space and feel like you're supported. Such a good way to put it, honestly, because especially, you know, if you're working in schools and things and working with younger people, it's very hard to judge people's character, mm. especially in a big environment where everyone's expected to make friends. And if you don't have that many friends, then, you know, you're a bit lonely and everyone's going through this like big change together. So I I think, you know, I, I wish I knew that. When and I was the pressure, the pressure <laughs> is real, isn't it? When you're in, you know, high school, the pressure to conform. Yeah. But, you know, but we're also told don't conform. You know, it's really hard. Um <laughs> to get that yeah. middle ground and then to find people who understand you and you feel like you can trust and sometimes we've all had those times haven't we when we've realized sometimes our friends are maybe more toxic than we realize we've all been at that point I think and that can be really difficult to move forward from and you think oh god am I such a bad judge of character and why did I let them do that what what happened with them am I all on my own and I think it's really important to discover what it is you want in a friend really quickly so that we can decide actually you're not on my list because you don't fit my marble jar so in terms of your life coaching business how do you go about getting clients and also how did you end up working um with the groups of people that you work with so like going into schools and working with women how did you kind of narrow that yeah, down I find that really difficult because when I first um became accredited I thought well I'm going to work with everyone and then I realized that as a businesswoman, <laughs> you need to be really you know really savvy about who it is that you want to work with and my rule is when were times in my life that I needed advice and coaching and there was essentially two times one was when like I said 14 15 I really needed that then but also when I was perhaps like 24 to 29, those times when I had children and I was trying to work, I had maybe anxiety and trying to compare myself as a mother. So there's, that's the reason that I work with teenagers and I work with women in those ages specifically because those are the times I can really resonate with myself and I really understand or hope that I understand what they're going through and how I can what I can bring to the table to support them that's very important for me that I can try and give something back I suppose I want to be able to support and feel like I'm making a difference in some way um and how like yeah how I become I've worked with um, young people all of my career in different um different versions so I was a I was a teacher when I first started out, then I worked in youth justice, I've done youth work and advocacy, getting the the voice of the young person, and then now coaching. So very much working with young people has been something I've always done. Um, so then I thought, well, I wonder if I could bring across the coaching into young people, because, you know, let's, you know, in the words of Whitney Houston, I believe the children are our future. So let's get that like at the beginning. Let's start now. And I was just really lucky that there's um, a school that's very innovative and really forward thinking and they want it and they're like, yeah, try it. Um, so I just volunteered to start with. I was like, I've got this programme. Can I just see if it would work with some students? They were like, yeah, of course. And now it's just grown from that. But I think you've got to have a real love of what you do and want it and want to make a difference. I think you've got to want to 
feel like you're supporting and just trying to make it fun you know we're all going through so much let's just try and do it with kindness I think so in terms of the pandemic how has your life coaching and things been affected have you had to kind of adjust anything really significant I can remember pre-covid when I told people I did online coaching via something called zoom they were like what what you what you don't oh face to face what is this zoom thing so for me it's been quite nice because it's brought people into my world a little bit um because sometimes I coach people who don't live in the UK and they live in they live in different you know locations I personally love face-to-face work because you really you can get body cues and you can really work off what people are going through but when you video call it's surprising what you can pick up on you know and if that's the, the second best thing we've got that that's good to me you know I'm quite happy with that um so it hasn't really affected me I think it's affected the people I work with in that I think we're we're a lot more cautious we're a lot more anxiety driven now we're just not sure where we stand everything's changed so much and as soon as we get used to our quote-unquote normal things change again so for instance I'm working in schools now and the anxiety about going back to school it's been like really um just really difficult for some students you know because we've almost got used to this homeschooling which was totally new this time last year and now we're kind of like I don't I don't know what this looks like and for me I felt that as well you know I don't know who I am anymore I've forgotten what I did before COVID what did I used to do like what what did I enjoy I can't remember I can go out now what's that about so I think it's just um it's made me reevaluate what I want and how I want to do that um and I think it's helped me Mm. understand people a little bit more and I think people sometimes are a little bit more um the cut the pandemic and COVID has made people a little bit more willing to be vulnerable, I think, to express themselves and show that actually it's okay not to always be okay. I think it's helped open a conversation about mental health and it's, I think it's helped open a conversation about our struggles, which I think is very, very important. Yeah, and I think as well in this time, like people might need it more than ever. Um, in terms of my coaching I think so and just because everything's changed hasn't it what everything we thought was going to happen and even whole industries you know have changed and I think we all we all need to see things with a fresh perspective and if I can support that in any way then I'm always grateful to yeah so leading on from that do you ever feel like it's maybe difficult to encourage others to be positive through these times if you I may be struggling with your own mental well-being. Do you know what I've learned? I think that it's just really good to be honest. So, yeah, positivity is wonderful. And I really, you know, try to do that. That's something that I really try and embrace and gratitude and all those uh, positive elements of my life. But I think it's really good to say, do you know what? I'm really struggling with this at the moment. I'm finding this really tough. And also, what about you? Because now I'm opening up a space for you to feel safe to have those conversations, you know, not to be. And there's a lot to be said for toxic positivity, I think, where we don't recognise what people are going through. And we're just like, oh, well, that's great. Let's be happy. You know, come on, cheer up, pull yourself together. And I think there's we, what I what I never want to do, especially for my children, is to take that place of I'm feeling really I'm feeling like I'm really struggling away from them. I want to be able to hold a space to say, 
let's talk about this. what does this feel like and how is that impacting on you and also what how can I help you with that rather than me try and fix it or think that I know what's best because I don't I don't as a life coach always and I don't as a parent always and I think it's just to be really honest and say this is what's happening for me is that happening for you how have you worked through it which is really why I started the podcast a year ago um because I wanted to hold a space to have those conversations I think so much of social media is about a rose-tinted version of reality and I wanted to have honest conversations about what real life looks like I feel like if you don't hold that space either people won't know how to deal with it as well if you don't have those conversations so like if you do come from like maybe like a toxic house household in the future you won't really understand how what you're feeling and like how to deal with it properly I totally agree and I think it's difficult for a lot of people to talk about our emotions and I think there's a there's a I love research so there's a piece of research that was recently happened that says society as a whole think there's three emotions okay so we've got happiness sadness and feeling a bit peed off right so they're the three emotions people think we have we have over 27 emotions okay and i think if we can dig down and look at those emotions and really look at what's called like her emotional agility and the different parts of those emotions if we're able to label them we're able to understand what we're going through rather than just say because the classic one is, I'm stressed, isn't it? Oh, I'm so stressed, I'm so stressed. But underneath that stress, you might be feeling really unsure. You might be feeling anxious. You might be feeling like, I don't know what's going on. I'm totally overwhelmed. So being able to name those emotions really helps us to understand what we're going through. But even more than that is to be able to understand what the triggers are for those feelings and how to find strategies and tactics to be able to push through them and have our own little toolkit for managing. Mm. So what do you think is the most important piece of advice that you've ever received that really had like a big impact on how you see things or how you dealt with something? Oh, really, it's the one about for me, stop trying to be like everyone else because they're already taken. Just be you. Um, And when someone told me once, you know what, there's only one of you in this whole world, one of you. Okay, that makes you pretty special. And I thought, yeah, I really like that. And I'm going to take that and I'm going to use it. <laughs> and I always tell that to with specifically because, you know, especially when you're in school and you've got a uniform on and you're told to conform and you think you should be like everybody else. It's really hard then to see that how you're different and to appreciate your difference within that. Um, so for me, that's really important. Mm. And what do you think is the best advice that you've ever given? Ooh. I think something along the similar lines in that don't be fooled uh, by social media and compare yourself because it is just a filtered version of a very poor reality, essentially. And we can get caught up. I believe we've got, okay, we've got, we've had the pandemic, but I think there's like a comparison pandemic. I really do. And we do that in lots of different ways. It might be through school. It might be through work. It might be through business. It could be through friends. And when we do that, it's toxic to us and our sense of well-being and self-worth. So for me, I think it's making sure that we can recognise it. Even though we might know it, it's usually at the back of our subconscious. I want everyone to be fully aware that this is not real. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So you spoke previously about how advice can change Mm. someone's like how they feel about things um but why do you think it's important 
to either have a, have a life coach or well, be that's one? Good question. So I think it's important to have a life coach because we all go time, through times of change. We all, no matter what age we are, we have times of change and it can be really difficult to think about things in a different way because we're so used to going along life in a certain way. We're almost like on a treadmill and sometimes we have to get off it to be able to see things in a different way. So really as a life coach, I help you get off the treadmill for a little bit. I help you see things in a different way and then you can go back on. That's fine. And you might, you know, run, run outside in the grass rather than on your treadmill after I've had a chat with you. But that's the whole point. I just take you away from a little minute to reprogress where we're going, especially through changes. No matter what age we are, it's always really difficult to recalibrate who we are within that change. And I think it's really important to have that support to be able to do that um, through those difficult times that we all go through. Um, whether that's growing up, whether that's having children, whether that's maybe, you know, we might have some type of um, life limiting illness that we're kind of dealing with. Whatever that is, we're trying to build up that resilience. And I like to think of resilience as almost like white water rafting. So life is the water and sometimes it's lovely and it's like a pond and sometimes you're hanging on for dear life. And if we can find tools to help us get back into our life raft, as quickly as possible that's what a life coach does yeah well even though you've briefly touched on it um what made you want to decide what made you want to start your podcast and speak to like a wide general audience I've always loved podcasts and I love listening to them so you know and you think oh I'll do that and I'd put it off for a long time I'm not gonna lie I'd put it off for a while um but I really I really wanted a podcast which was based around having really deep, honest conversations. I'm not very good at small talk, okay? I like to talk about big and meaningful things. Um, And so I really Mm. wanted a podcast that touches on these things about life in general, what makes us human, our connection, our vulnerability, our braveness, our courage. I really wanted to talk about that specifically with young people and with women because I felt like Mm. we're so pushed about these perfect pictures of, of lives but we're not always very honest about how difficult that is or about the path that we've taken to get there and how many steps that's taken. Like, yeah, her life is amazing. I'm really so pleased for her. But it's taken a lot of different paths, a lot of footsteps, a lot of courage, a lot of bravery to get there. Um, so, yeah, my podcast is, is called So That Got Me Thinking. And it's very much about the trials and the triumphs of being a woman in modern day um uh, in modern day history I suppose and really it's about touching on all those things that make us humans all the things we go through that necessarily we don't always talk about um and we don't always show on our feeds and we maybe don't even tell our friends sometimes that what we're going through because we don't want to be judged or we we want to seem like we've got it all together and we don't we're all winging our way through it and I think I just really wanted to like again to hold a space where we could have those honest conversations whether that is about fate or whether that is, you know, changing your path of life. But I just really wanted to have those deep and meaningful conversations. And I thought, well, if I do, hopefully other people do too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What was that like for you then to speak to a wider audience rather than with individual clients? Because I guess with the clients, you get to hear specifics about what they're going through. But on your podcast, you kind of have to do it as a general discussion. I really just took um, 
I like I say I like to people watch I like to listen so I like observe things and I was just every week I think like, what have I seen this week or what am I going through this week or what have I what have I read this week what's what's really going on for me so hence so that got me thinking it's called the podcast and I really touch on this is what's happening for me um so please tell me if this is happening for you <laughs> um essentially <laughs> and then I have a guest on or a few guests and we usually talk for like 15-20 minutes about what's going on for them and that's that's usually what resonates with other people in that that topic of whatever that is for that week and I really like to tie it in together mm. and hopefully people will be like oh I hadn't considered that but now I'm going to or I hadn't even thought about when that happens to me that I could do something else or I could change it up and do something in a different way so I really wanted to broaden it and it's podcasting is amazing isn't it because you it goes out there and you don't even necessarily know where it goes you know and I think it's really I love the fact yeah. that you could have touched someone's life in some way even if it's just through one thought or one pointer and you've got no idea and I really like that about podcasting people I think people are more willing to be raw because it's just you and your voice you haven't necessarily got to be like on like YouTube I find is wonderful but you've got to be on you've got to be looking I can sit into a podcast and not brush my hair if I really wanted to (laughs) (laughs) and I think it helps people be vulnerable podcasts because people feel they just show their emotions more and that's what I love because it's more honest um so that's what I really thought I'm going to start this going (laughs) I think for us as well that's I mean, we don't have as deep conversations, but one of the main things we wanted to focus on was like mm-hmm. relatability and uh, our aims are more about um, kind of career things and helping um, people similar to our age who, you know, we didn't really have anything yes. like this when we were oh trying to God. decide what we wanted to do. So we were like, why don't we why don't we just do it ourselves <laughs> yeah I feel like that's why we love talking to so many different people as well like the different perspectives maybe like you said so like if someone's out there who wants to be a life coach but isn't sure <laughs> look who we've got on yeah for sure <laughs> so what would you say is the hardest part maybe about being a life coach mm. I think the hardest part is feeling like you want to make the change for them. I just, I just want to be, if you just do this, this and this, I'm sure it'll be fine. And that's not my role. I'm not here to tell you what to do. <laughs> I'm not here to um, think I know your life better than you do. Um, but sometimes the kind of, um, the controller in me wants to just say, okay, so I'm going to, if you just do this, then everything will be fine. Like I've got some type of magic wand and I don't know that at all. But I think that that part of me, almost like the controlling element of me, wants to just make it all better straight away. When life and life coaching is a process, you know, we're building that self-esteem, we're building our confidence and building our knowledge as we go along. And I've really had to learn, you know, the kind of old saying that life is not about the destination, it's the journey. And I think that is true of coaching as well. I'm still... You know, I'm still finding that difficult. I'm sure I always will. <laughs> so do you feel like this is a rewarding career for you? And would you maybe um, encourage other people to maybe pursue their I find it extremely well? rewarding. I like it when someone's... I don't love it when someone's been struggling with something, but you know what I'm, what I'm getting at. 
so sad. <laughs> I love to come with me and they come to me almost wanting to be quote unquote fixed. And sometimes they're disappointed when I say, I'm not here to fix you, but I'll help you fix yourself. Um, and sometimes we, like I say, we have to go through that process of supporting them to find what those elements are for them. And I'm very much big on, on identity. So once we know who we are, what we want and what our needs are, we've got a foundation to build. If we don't know that, it's very difficult for all the other things to come in. Uh, so that's something that I find intriguing and just how people I'm st- I'm always intrigued by people and people's stories and the things they struggle with um, because I can always see a little part of a mirror in me in the people I work with even if it's the tiniest piece I'm still able to think oh yeah I can see why you could struggle with that and I have too or I just think it makes us it makes us realize how human we are and that no matter what we're going through and we think we're alone sometimes in those things. There are always people who are going through that as well, or even a small element of it, because we don't understand sometimes that we're all going through something. Um, everyone is. And I think that is the, the lovely thing with life coaching is if we can, by the end of even the first session, by just for them to think, oh, okay, and you, they look a little bit motivated or they look like they're going to think about making a change or even considering things in a different way I always get really excited by that but it's just to think that we you know we are able to change and we've got that power as humans and really my job is to kind of unleash that power within you and I just think oh what a privilege what a privilege that is to be able to help someone with that and that's that's why I love it so you said a second ago about how sometimes you feel like you just want to like control and kind of be like just just do it and it'll be fine um yeah (laughs) so do you think people need a certain personality type to become a life coach or do they kind of just have to sort like kind of adjust things like you did when you said you wanted to control certain things um i think (laughs) as a life coach you have to be a very good listener because sometimes people listen to respond so sometimes so you might listen to me ready to think okay so I'll ask him a question about that yeah whereas if we are truly listening we're listening to understand not to respond so as a life coach you need to be able to listen to understand not so I can ask you another question and that comes with confidence as well the more you do it the more you're able to listen and really see them for them not who you think they are because we all judge don't we whether we we agree with it or not we all kind of see someone and we preconceive what we think is going on for them and I think as a coach you need to be very able to quickly push our judgments to one side and just see the person for what they are and what they have going on because sometimes I think gosh if I'd lived your life I'd be doing exactly what you're doing too you know I haven't been there so I think it's very much about having those empathic skills and listening and being able to be that, you know, when I said about the resilience and being on that that kind of raft, sometimes it's helping, you know, helping them get back on sometimes, just for now, until we've got the strength to be able to do it for ourselves. So I think you do need to be emotionally able obviously and have that emotional intelligence to pass that on but to know yourself as well because if you're dealing with someone else's issues all the time you really need to have really good processing skills within yourself 
to then so you're okay because if you're having people's energy come on you and you're helping sometimes we have to pour from our own cup so if we've got nothing left i can't give that to a client so i've got to make sure i'm okay and if that is you know making sure my self-care is the best it can be or making sure that i'm not in a group and i come back home and i'm just quiet for an hour that's what i need to do too so it's a it's a mixture of what i can give to clients but what i need to give to myself to be able to support clients in the best way i can yeah i feel like that goes hand in hand when people say like oh you can't love true, someone else so you don't true. love yourself i think that's a really good well. one um and it's exactly yeah. the same isn't it you know no matter what relationships we talk about or no matter what things we go through we can only give as much as we've got mm. yeah so what are some life lessons that you've learned through your job and as a result of hosting your podcast this is a really good one but mainly about comparisonitis as i like to call it for me it's a big one i when i was younger I was like a chameleon. So I would try and fit into whatever situation I was in, to whatever group I was in. And because I had no idea who I was or who I wanted to be even, I didn't, I couldn't even consider it. I just so badly wanted to fit in. Um, and part of going through my own training and my own coaching has just helped me realise how much of that is put on us by the best by society or by parents or social media or families, whatever that looks like. And I think, it's very difficult to be like this is me guys this is it you know this is it no judgment and um sometimes this is a great version of me and sometimes it's not let's be honest you know we're all human and i think acceptance of who you are is the biggest gift you can give yourself so what would you say are your future goals for your career and your podcast I the book is linked to some of the things I talk about in the podcast but it's called um I'm happy when everyone else is happy another lies I told myself so really it's about some of it is about coaching but also it's about advice I've been given my own stories things I've learned along the way books I've read all things I've taken and the lies I used to tell myself um about who I should be you know about being busy means I'm important or fitting in at all costs or I must be happy all the time you know all these things that we sometimes forget so for me the book is my main goal at the moment and all those lessons have been put through my podcast really and it's only when I put the podcast out and I took that jump because it's you know fair play to you um to put this out I think because you it's a jump isn't it it is a leap of faith and you think god I'm gonna put this out and I wonder if anyone will even listen to it just by going there and doing that um <laughs> has kind of helped me push in different directions and I've been writing that book for three years and I think well, I'm definitely this is happening now and COVID has almost helped me because I haven't had anywhere to go or anyone to drop off or anything to do <laughs> give me the space to be able to do those things I've been like I'm, I'm, I'm finishing this um so it's helped in some way so I just mm. would like to grow the podcast and have deeper conversations and I just isn't it amazing how you can connect with people and you know you even just from my Instagram that's my favorite platform I suppose but and just being able to reach out to people and say you know are you going through this would you like to chat about it what's going on I just think it's amazing so for me it's about growing 
the podcast getting the book out and then there will be a course online course that comes from the book so all those things are in the pipeline it's exciting isn't it seeing where seeing where it takes you yeah I really love as well you're stepping into so many different things so not only your life coach but you've got your podcast you've got this book and you've got courses and you're going to be reaching so many different people who didn't really know anything about life coaches because to be honest (laughs) until I saw your Instagram and I did my research as well I didn't even know like having a life coach was a thing. Mm-hmm. I thought there was just like therapy and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought um and I think in the next five years we yeah. will um there will be a big change in that, I think, definitely. But um I just think, you know, if I can help someone in any way just by sharing my story and the things that have helped me, then that is a is a win win. Um yeah, and it has been about change. I've always loved to write. And it's just been about finding the right way of expressing that. And I think having the podcast and those conversations has helped me push the right path for that, essentially. Mm. Well, do you have any final advice for any young women listening on finding happiness? Your uniqueness is what makes you incredible. So let's embrace it and nurture it because understanding your wants, your desires and taking small steps to pursuing that dream is so important. We are the only ones that are standing in our way. We are limitless. So if we believe it and pursue it, let's make it happen. That brings us to the end of this episode. So um, before we go, Natalie, would you mind telling our listeners where they can find you and also where they can find your podcast? I have a website, which is Natalie Walker Brimble, or nwbcoaching.com. But also I'm just, I'm on Instagram as Natalie Walker Brim. So I'm on there. And yeah, you can find uh, there's links to my podcast in there as well. And my podcast is called So That Got Me Thinking, um, which, yeah, I do weekly comes out every Sunday. So thank you so much for having me. No, thank you for joining us. I feel like this has been um, a conversation like we've never had before because Definitely. Um, it's not uh, usually our, our, our conversations on the podcast mm. are about getting into a career yeah. and getting into an industry, which is great. And we love that. But it's also um, nice to have something a bit deeper Ooh, and glad a bit more help. reflective. <laughs> I, I really liked it. <laughs> and like someone said, I feel like we've all just had a group Amazing. therapy session, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I will leave the links to where you can find Natalie um, in the description of this episode of the podcast. Um, but other than that, um, we will see you guys in our next episode. Bye. <laughs>